Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Joshua chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 to begin. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land. Go view it. Go view Jericho. And they went. And they came to a harlot's house. Now I'm going to tell you, this reads very odd. If you know the story, it reads okay. But to read it in verse 1, for Joshua, the leader, to say, I want you to go spy out, go spy out the land, okay? And we don't even get through the first verse before it says the two spies are at the harlot's house. You can act dignified if you want to, but that reads odd. Her name was Rahab. They lodged there. Oh, God help us. Bless them, Lord. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there come men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab. I think it's a dangerous thing that the king of the city knew her by name. The amazing thing is God knew her by name too. Verse 3, the king said to her, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house. They've come to search out all the country. The woman took the two men and hid them. She said, There, there came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. Jump down to verse 9. Save a little time in your reading. She, she said unto the men, I, I know that the Lord hath given you the land. What? The harlot testified. And that your terror is fallen upon us. And that all the inhabitants of the land, listen to this, they faint because of you. For we have heard, we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. While you guys have been standing out there, we've been talking about you in here. When you came out of Egypt, what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, we know about Sion, we know about Og. We know that you utterly destroyed them. Jump down to verse 18. Behold, when we come into the land, this is what the spies let them know, thou shalt bind this line, this line of scarlet. Said, I want you to hear this word. Thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window 
which thou didst let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household unto thee. Jump over just a few chapters with me. Jump over to chapter 6 and let's read one more, one more verse. Joshua chapter 6 and verse 25. Because, you know, sometimes the promise is better. Sometimes people have a big talk. <laughs> but you want to know, are you a person of your word? Just in case you've never read the story or never seen. Joshua 6 verse 25. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Feel a word this morning. I, I, I want to preach to you. Consider Rahab. Consider Rahab. Somebody is in this, you're in this room today completely contrary to what the enemy of your soul would like you to be doing. Everything in your past, even everything in your very near past would try to dictate that you don't belong here. But I feel a word for you today in the form of a statement. You need to consider Rahab. I'm, in fact, I'm going to tell the enemy of your soul. You need to consider Rahab. Praise God. Praise God. Pray with me right now. Lord, I pray for these people. I pray for the people that are here at Calvary Tabernacle. I know what you showed me even this morning, God, and I feel heavy. I feel a burden to try to relay this. I pray that you'd help us in this house. Every man, every woman that's in this room, that you would help us in this house today. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Would you lift your voice? I'm going to turn my mic off for a moment. I want you to lift your voice. and I want you to pray that every person here would receive what they need mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Somebody say amen. Maybe seated today. I, I lived in the state of Ohio for 13 years. No booze, please. I know we got a couple of Michigan fans out here. You got to take that up with the Lord. I, I, <laughs> lived in the state of Ohio for 13 years. And it was the year 2011 when internet sensation began to take off. His name was Ted Williams. When I first heard Ted Williams, I thought of baseball. Some of you understand that. Some of you do not. Please don't do the Google search now. That's what I thought of. I thought of baseball. But Ted Williams was not this individual. Ted Williams was a homeless man.
stood on the street corner at a particular outlet where you would get off, kind of at an overpass, and he would stand there with a sign, and on this sign, he made reference to his voice, this golden voice that he had. Some of you remember this, some of you do not. If you will entertain it for just a moment, only for the sake of your understanding, I want you to watch this very short video clip, and maybe you can understand. That's great. Show that before and after picture. That was him, homeless. He said drugs, alcohol had stole his life. That's Ted Williams right now. This was a radio, just, just hear me for a second. This was a radio announcer who got involved. Now listen, for some of you that are going to say, I can't believe you showed his face. I don't, I don't agree with his politics. I don't agree with his politics. This is, not an, this is not me being an advocate for the person. This is me being an advocate for the fact that somebody took a chance on a person. He's got great interviews where he said, drugs and alcohol had stole my life and I'm looking for a chance to allow myself. He, in that interview, if you watch that full interview there, he begins to talk about how for even on the streets for the last two years, he had had to become completely sober. He's trying to get his way back to what he knew he was destined to do. I had no idea why I felt impressed to look for this guy and I found out when I searched him this week, he had just declared that he was running for governor. My goodness. How's a guy standing on the side of the road? Now, some of you are thinking, well, anybody can run for governor. <clears throat> but now I want you to put that title slide back up there because I'm taking this modern concept to tell you. And some of you relate with this and understand this. Rahab seems like an odd person to make the book. <laughs> and, and for the theologians in the room, let me just help those of you that like to study the Scripture. If you want to look at the Old Testament and the Hebrew and you want to put some variants to the Hebrew text right here, it can really be translated as harlot, but it can also be translated as innkeeper in the Old Testament for those who would like to make an argument for her. The problem is she's not only showing up there in the Old Testament. She becomes a significant individual who finds grace in the sight of Joshua, grace in the sight of the spies, but more importantly, grace in the sight of God. And as a result, she shows up in the lineage multiple times. Ladies and gentlemen, by the time we get to the New Testament, they're still writing about her. In fact, I want to take you to the book of Hebrews chapter 11, the great hall of faith. You know Hebrews 11 is like the big book. If you get your portrait hung on the hallways of Hebrew 11, you made it. You made it. Hebrews 11, by faith... <laughs> The harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not 
When she had received the spies. Now you can translate it. You can get a little more flexible in the Old Testament. But the New Testament, that's if it's Hebrews is the number one debated author of all text, if you don't know that. It's the number one debated who actually authored Hebrews. But I know that it starts God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. And, and, and everyone has to kind of come to this recognition. We don't know, but we do know God authored it. <laughs> and it's as if God had to make sure it was recorded in the New Testament so there was no wiggle room. She was <laughs> a harlot. Pastor, then why are you smiling? Because she was saved. The key word is she was a harlot. Hebrews 11 mentions two women. Sarah. Sarah, woo mother of the nations. Who else? Mm. <laughs> That, that, that little old girl that lived in the outer part of the wall in Jericho. Which woman? <laughs> you know, the one that had a really extreme social life. <laughs> you can shape anything with English the way you want it to sound. <laughs> Heard a statement yesterday about, anyway, I don't even want to go off. You can shape any, you can shape anything, Okay. But ladies and gentlemen, she was a woman of ill repute. She was a problem. But the flax that was on her roof probably indicates that she was trying to make clothing. And if you dig into her life, it probably shows you she was living a life she didn't want. And when the spies showed up, isn't it something that when the spies show up, Joshua himself, having been a spy some 40 years earlier, him, he's the one that comes back. Remember the story of Joshua and Caleb? Remember? Now he's sending spies in. He's like, at some point, we got to take the promise. Preachers, pause. I'm going to tell you, that's where I feel like we're at. At some point, we got to take the promise that we've been talking about for so long. I'm not at the place where I can fully articulate, but I wish I could articulate what the Lord woke me up dreaming about in Indianapolis this morning. I, I got to make him give a little more clarity, but I can tell you this, he's sending revival. He is, he is sending revival to the city of Indianapolis. He showed me something this morning that almost blew my mind. It almost blew, but I found out that God is able, and I believe that if God can show it, he can do it. I believe if God can show it, He can do it. Some of, you have, some of you have brothers and sisters and daughters and sons that in the last month they have made steps towards God that they haven't made in a decade or more. How is that possible? Because God does not look at Rahab like others do. God does not look at Rahab like others. Joshua sends these spies into Jericho. If it was just me and the guys... We would roast each other that that's where they went. Anybody that's got a close friend that's going on a mission, where'd you guys end up staying? Uh, 
I'm not trying to be too casual with this. I'm just telling you, I do think that sometimes God has a sense of humor. I think the very fact that God uses me shows. <laughs> where, where'd you guys, where, how'd you, uh, we, um, we, we found a room. Really? Yeah. Um, it was, it was not obscure. She does some work with, with local government. Um, it might be embarrassing. Right? But she gets word. They're going to come search out these guys. What did she do with them? She hid them. Ladies and gentlemen, I am not trying to be crass. I'm trying to teach the text here because it's what the Lord, I think, wants to show us this morning. So understand, I'm not trying to be crass in any way. She was good at hiding men. Not, I'm serious. Okay? She was known for discretion. She was known for her ability. She hides them on the roof. When the word comes, they're looking for them. She has some statements. How do you trust? How do you give credibility to Rahab? Please, you got to help me. I'm being genuine here. Rahab says, we know you guys are going to take the city. And if we're not careful, we cheer that like, woo They already know. Not they. Her. Who listens to her? Trying to be very careful. I'm, I'm, I'm talking very up, but you got to go with me here. She had heard enough pillow talk to know. Some of y'all really understand. Some of y'all a little uncomfortable. She heard enough. She heard enough to know the people are melting with the thought that you're coming. They're sitting on the outside looking at the walled cities, but the obstacle of the walls was here. If they could have listened closer, they begin to listen to the hoarse sound of an old harlot when she began to tell them the people have been talking about the We've been talking about the kings that you defeated. The talk of the town is that if you ever really make up your mind, if you ever quit dreaming about taking over this city and really make up your mind to do it. It's what she told them. They were not listening to the voice of the king. They weren't listening to government leaders. No, they were just listening to some girl who should have never got a voice at all. But instead of trying to abuse her, they were actually listening to her. Instead of trying to take advantage of her like everybody else did so that she'd simply have enough money to survive, they actually validated her voice. Might have been the first time her voice had been validated in a long time. And so she began to break confidentiality and she began to share the testimony of what she had heard. And it was on that statement. Mm, mm, mm. 
I'm going to tell you when they gained her trust or when she gained their trust, when she hid them. How many know you will lose your trust in somebody real quick when they rat you out? Right or wrong or indifferent. I can't believe you told on me. You ever try to steal cookies before dinner and one of your kids tells on you? (laughs) You will do one of two things. You will stop stealing cookies or you will steal cookies better. (laughs) Know who you can trust. Give your kids one of those looks like, I thought we were in this together. I thought this was a, whose child are you? Some of you in here, you have had your trust broken by close friends. Now, I don't mean to bring up that painful wound, but that is the kind of wound which is hard to get over. It's hard to ever recover from a wound like that. Why would they trust her? Because she has hidden them. She has kept them safe. She has kept their confidentiality. But for crowd participation, help me out. Why doesn't she tell on them what does she want? (laughs) I'd like to not die. Can I tell you that for a lot of people, they would say, why, you don't even have a life worth living. But I think maybe she was thinking, when these walls fall, I'll let them go ahead and destroy all the evidence of the people who can bear witness against me. You ever thought about that? When the walls of Jericho fall, everybody, they add an accusation against her, died with it. (laughs) I'd like to stay alive. Oh, oh, oh. And my dad. And my mom. You know what? My brothers too. I don't, yeah, my brothers. (laughs) I'd like my family to make it. It'd be great if I made it, but really, if I make it and my family doesn't make it. I really want all my family to make it. Man, I feel that right here in this room. I said that and some of y'all grabbed on to I want to make it, but I really want my family. I wish somebody would cry that right now. I want to make it, but I want my family to make it too. I, I want to survive, but I want my family to survive. And what did they tell her? What did they say? Take that scarlet. Would you let us down by? You just leave that hanging out of the window. Not sure exactly how they were going to dictate that when you're walking around the walls. Letting them down and how that process is going to work. But if you leave that. Now some of you in this room, you're able to trace that forward. And you're able to understand the significant role that she is going to play. Rahab gets a significant role in the rest of Scripture. I already, I opened to let the cat out of the bag with Hebrews 11, that she made it. Turn to your Bibles to the book of James. James chapter 2. We'll put it on the screen for you. James chapter 2 and verse 25. James 2 and 25. Can we show that? Likewise, also was not 
Rahab the harlot justified by works. When she had received the messengers and sent them out another way, Pastor, how was she blessed? She lied. She guarded God's plan. So you're saying some lies are okay. I had a conversation with somebody about this this week. Rahab is not a justifier for you to say, well, pastor said that some... God had a bigger destiny for her life than her circumstances were allowing. She got involved in the plan. I don't want to take time and I don't want to mess with anybody. I don't want to go too far. But if you read down through the lineage of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 1, she's in there. She can't be in there. Can I tell you a tough statement? You're going, to have a, you're going to have a tough time accepting Christ with, without considering. What are we supposed to consider? Here's what we're supposed to consider. He can redeem anybody. How about this? I'm not going to shout. I'm just going to tell you this. He can change anybody. He can turn any life around. He can heal anybody. Anybody can repent. Anybody can be buried in baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. He can turn any drug dealer into an apostolic. Woo, God. He can reach down to any person, any walk of life, any situation. And if they're willing to become a part of his plan. She don't have the reputation. It's okay, he does. Well, she don't have the character. It's okay. His is unflawed. Yeah, but she don't have the right speech. It doesn't matter. His is perfect. He can talk every tongue. Woo! Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter her past. What matters is, is she want to turn from her past? What was her turn? What was the difference maker? I'm going to tell you the difference maker. She was tired of her lifestyle. I want you to hear me real clear, real close. I believe God's going to grow us to such a level that we don't have enough room. But you hear me very close. We're not trying to grow a crowd. We're trying to build a church. And you cannot, please hear me, you cannot follow Jesus Christ and expect there is no change that is meant to occur. Her job was not to become a harlot in a new country. Her job was to leave this lifestyle and not be offended that she was always remembered for what she used to be. I can't believe that people want to talk about who I used to be. Who you used to be is the power of your testimony. Who you used to be, only you and Sarah, Rahab. Only you and Sarah. 
she laughed and you messed up, but you both made it in the book because it's not who you were. It's not who you were. It's who he's made you to be. My God. I've got good news for you in this room right now. If you're battling addiction, and some of you in this room are, he can help you beat that nicotine. He can help you beat that alcohol. Please hear me. He can help you beat those lustful thoughts. He can help you work beyond that, that infidelity. <clears throat> you can do better. You can be better, but he does expect change. I want everyone in this room to hear me right now. Grace expects results. Should we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Well, I just get high a little bit on the weekends. You've got to do better. You've got to turn from that. Well, I just take a little more pills than I should, but it, I don't expect anybody to run aisles on this. That's fine. But you hear me right now. If you are, if you're going to follow him, you've got to turn from sin. I'm not getting on any candy stick right now. I'm trying to help you. The reason that you really can't live fulfilled is that you got one foot in the church and you got one foot in the world and depending on which day of the week it is, that's where you're at. Well, pastor, it's too hard for me. It won't be as hard if you will just fully commit to what God wants to do. Come on, I'm trying to help somebody right now. Quit living different when you're around your work friends than you do when you're around your church friends. I feel like i got to help some parent right now. And I, I don't know what this is about, but I'm, I'm trying to help you right now. Quit living different so your kids will like you better. Don't do that. you got to get them to heaven. But it starts with you. Rahab said, I want to be saved. I want them to be saved. But I want to be saved. It was Rahab's action that saved the household. I said it was Rahab's actions that saved the household. I don't want to be too hard on them. They're going to die. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want them to get mad at me. Come on. It is an identifier. The scarlet thread outside the wall. Well, how come nobody saw it? Because her customers were interior. She's trying to change this lifestyle. She says, I'm, I'm expecting something to save that comes from outside of my circumstance. Outside of what has become normal for me. Outside of what has become the regular for me. Think with me about the New Testament. Now, now some of you recognize that scarlet thread and the type and the shadow and what was being done here. We know that she makes her way into the genealogy in Matthew chapter 1. We understand the significance, the scarlet, the blood that Christ was going to shed, the redemptive power and the glory. And if you don't know that, you need to know that. That this is leading us forward to the redemptive qualities of the blood of Jesus Christ. It is the only red that washes white and pure and clean and takes care and justifies and regenerates. 
It is the only blood that can do it. And we're looking forward. We're looking forward. We can look into the Gospels. You know me well enough to know that I am not a narrative mixer. And so it's tough for me to do this. But if you look into a type of this in the New Testament and you reach in, in, into the book of John chapter 8, you will find a woman that is caught in the very act of adultery. Remember? They come bringing her before she comes before Jesus right here. They've all got stones in their hands. And they are justified by the law to kill her. I'm not saying she's not wrong. And Jesus wasn't either. Jesus said she was a sinner. Oh, he didn't say that. Yes, he did. Pastor Carson, I have read this. I do not think that. Jesus says she, he did. Because at the end of it, he said, where are your accusers? And she said, neither do I condemn thee. Now go, sin no more. He did not excuse her past. And you hear me right now. He did not excuse her future. He said, I am giving you a chance. Please hear me right now. Christ brings conflict. I'm giving you a chance here. I didn't let them kill you because you're destined to more. Your life, you're meant... You're meant to die as more than a harlot. You're meant to die... Please hear me. You're meant to die as more than a fornicator. As more than an adulterer. Go! you hear me you sin no more it thundered through the heavens and the earth but more importantly than the outside resonating it rattled back and forth through every neuron in her brain he knows who I've been and he set me on a new you think she wouldn't be a devout follower of Christ it's the same reason he could look can I go with this for a second? It's the same reason he would look at them and talk about those that owed money. And he said, he, he said, which one do you think would love him the more? And they said, well, I suppose the one that, that owed him more, that had been forgiven more. And Jesus is able to look at them and teach this principle. Those that recognize they've been forgiven of a lot. Those that recognize they've had a great debt that has been resolved. They're able to follow them with all their heart and with all their mind, with all their strength. I guess what I'm asking Calvary Tabernacle today is do we or do we not believe that His grace expects us to straighten up and walk right and talk right and live right? But hear me, whoa, hear me right now. It's not that His grace, go ahead, come on down here, Brother Ryan. It's not that His grace. Please, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta catch this. It is not, it is not that His grace is allowing you to keep living the same way. It does not want you to live the same way. Yeah, well, I've been a fornicator. I can't be used. Yes, you can. You just gotta stop being a fornicator. I'm, a, I'm gonna address something right now. Yeah, but I've been a drug addict. Paul killed preachers. I've got some things I've done. I haven't done that. But if we're not careful, I'll say, well, I'm better than Paul. I didn't kill no preachers. I didn't hold no coats for the Stephen Stoney. 
So I'm better than Paul. No. What, 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 what does 1 Corinthians say? Starts listing it off. Fornicators. Can I preach it like I feel it right now? Effeminate. Some of you have, in a church this size, some of you have had thoughts or have been engaged in relationships of unnatural affection. And if that makes you nervous, you don't understand the world we're living in. Do you hear me right now? When He saves you, He expects you to live different. Yes, He does. He wants to help you live different. You don't have to go back to that drug. You don't have to go back to that bottle. You don't have to go back to that relationship. You don't have to go back. I'm trying to save somebody's life. I'm preaching from the book. You got to turn from sin. You can't be in a... You can't be an adulterer. You can't be a fornicator. You can't live that lifestyle. You can't live a homosexual lifestyle. You can't live the lifestyle of somebody getting drunk on the weekends and acting like you can talk in tongues on... You can't. You cannot do it. you got to consider Rahab. If history is going to record me as anything, when he saves me, i got to turn my life and I've got to begin to live for him. What about, what about if people talk about me? I got a newsflash. They were talking about you before. You were just so drunk you didn't know. Or maybe you said, well, I was never a drunk. You were drunk on your own ego. Drunk on your own thoughts. You know how many good people I've watched walk away from God for some heathen? That's going to drop them like a sack of potatoes. I have watched people leave church and leave God for lifestyles and relationships that the Bible says, flee, turn away. He's not telling you, to, please hear me. He is not telling you to turn away because it's bondage to live for God. He's telling you turn away because you don't recognize that there are weights and sins that easily beset you, that you have got things that are pulling on you. Come here, come here, Drew. Come here, Drew. Here's, we don't recognize this. Just grab the back of my coattail here. Just pull on a little bit. Don't rip my coat. My wife will get mad. This, this is, we don't recognize it. We get so used to living with the companionship of sin that we trudge forward a little bit. We need it there. I'm far enough away from it. Nobody will know. Suit looks a little too tight. But it's just a modern fit. <laughs> That's another topic. <laughs> just because you can get it on don't mean you should. Woo! <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, I've got to turn and confront everything that's been holding me back and say long enough. Long enough. Come on, you got to tell the pornography who's boss. You got to get a filter on your computer. 
I'm talking to somebody right now. Come on, Rahab. You got to get the blood applied. You got to hang that scar. I need Jesus. I can't do it by myself, but I want to be saved. And I want my family to be saved. Throw your hands towards heaven. Stand with me all over this house and throw your hands towards heaven. (laughs) Hear me. This is not the kind of preaching that draws crowds and excites people. I understand that. You hear me right now. You can't sit in church and text the whole time. It's not right. You can't do it. I know that's old school, but you can't do that. You can't sit in church and talk the whole time. Here for an hour and a half. You can't go home and have no prayer life and expect to be powerful. Can you see her? Can you see her running to the window? Just making sure. I want the Lord to know I'm still committed. It was one thing for her to live that way when the men were there. It was another thing for her to be diligent till they returned. Lonely. Rahab, I'm, I'm, I'm here for our visit. You got to see this part of the story. You got to see her livelihood drying up while she sits in the corner of the house and pretends like she's not home while regular visitors knock on the door. Why? I got a scarlet thread hanging in the window. I'm changing my lifestyle. I'm looking for something better. And you hear me when you commit to live for God Monday morning. The pang of that addiction. One of my worst, one of my worst memories in all my life is when that teenage boy looked across from me in that in that juvenile detention center he said brother Carson he said you can't understand what this addiction feels like he said you can't understand what it feels like to feel it and want it in your teeth he said I feel like somebody's got a plastic bag over my head I can't tell you how many addicts I've worked with now over the years. If you don't think that addiction's real, if you've never tasted addiction, you better, that's something you ought to thank God every day for. If you've never. And what what it does to the body of someone that's detoxing. And I'm telling you, you can get addicted to almost anything. You can. You can get addicted to meth. You can get addicted to drugs and alcohol. You can get addicted to sex. You can. 
You can get addicted to, to, to wrong thoughts. You can get addicted to hurting other people. And I'm reaching for some people this morning. And trying to break that cycle, it will show up at your door and it will knock on the door of your mind and it will be screaming, let me in! And you're going to have to look towards the window of your future. And you're going to have to know that soon and very soon, He's coming for me. And I got to be saved. And my family's got to be saved. Consider Rahab. If he can do it for her. Who'd bear witness with me in this house? If he can do it for her, he can do it for me. He can do it for you. <coughs> Lift your hands with me. I want us to begin to commit and, and repent all over this house. Come on, would you commit to God and repent all over this house if there be anything? The enemy of your soul wants you to feel worthless, but I'm here to tell you, you're not. But for some of you, the enemy has tried to convince you, well, just go to church and live however you want. And I got to tell you, I'm commissioned by God. In fact, I am arrested by the Holy Ghost to tell you, you can live above that sin. You don't have to live that way. But you hear me right now. There is a power in the Holy Ghost. There is a power in the Holy Ghost. If you need God to give you some fresh power, you've repented, you need God to give you some fresh power, I want you to walk down to the front of this altar and I want you to lift your hands and say, God, I'm going to hang my scarlet thread in the window. I'm going to let you know here is a public declaration that I am expecting freedom, not just for me, but for my family. I'm expecting deliverance, not just for me, but for my family. I want history. I want eternity to record I want eternity to record that I made the decision to follow. When you come to the altar, press all the way in because a lot of people are trying to come. Please come all the way to the front. It gives allowance to those trying to come. Come on as you pray. Pour your heart out before God. Ministers, help me. Ministers, help me. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to pray.